0: Welcome to hey, great shot! This is the Great Shot Podcast, a Crack Rackets and Tennis Channel Podcast Network production. My name is Alex Gruskin. If it's a Monday, you know what we're doing on this show. Our first. ATP Challenger-centric podcast of the 2022 season, brought to you by Crack Rackets contributors Damian Koost and Yaka Babarow. On today's show, they preview the first week of the 2022 ATP Challenger season, discussing the logistical challenges for all of us of watching any tennis in Australia. They also discuss what they'll be watching most closely at this week's four ATP Challenger events and so much more. It is another fantastic episode that I know all All of you listeners are going to enjoy, of course, before we get to that episode, I just have to say, Happy New Year to all of you listeners. We are immensely grateful for all of the support you showed us in 2021. We hope you'll stick with us here in 2022 as we have so many fun things planned throughout the course of the tennis season. Of course, if you missed any of our off-season coverage, you can catch up on it all on our website, CrackRackets.com. Of course, on our mini break podcast this weekend, Jamie McDonald joined me for our final Offseason season podcast of the year, talking about our most intriguing players entering the season. Of course, Gil Gross joined me on Sunday to preview this week's ATP Cup as the ATP Tour resumes action this week. Of course, we've got WTA events happening in Australia as well. All of that action covered over on the Mini Break podcast feed in case you miss out on any of the matches. You can find all of those episodes, of course, as well on our website, crackrackets.com. But you didn't come here. To hear the plugs, you came here to hear some ATP Challenger analysis. So without further ado, let's get to it. Another ATP Challenger-centric episode from Crack Rackets contributors, Damien Koost and Jakob Babra.
1: Uh, hello welcome to the first episode of the change podcast that we have for you in 2022 this is actually the 50th episode of the show I, I don't know if we have anything to say on that on that occasion um i think we already sort of did that in in the 49th that very very long one today is going to be a lot of sh- a lot shorter because we only have to preview well, actually four events but just the previews this time um yeah so how excited are you to to start doing this again and uh, going back to Australia you know since the pandemic we never uh we never had the chance to to watch an Australian or even an east asian e- event
2: yeah I mean it's it's like it's never left tennis I mean, <laughs> obviously the the break was very very short uh almost no break at all uh, essentially but, it's certainly exciting to to have Challengers back um, when it comes to those two other events. Like, I mean, ATP Cup, frankly, I don't really care about it that much, uh, <laughs> to be entirely honest, especially when, you know, they, they have uh, the, whole, the whole setup of it, I think, I think is a bit weird. But anyway, uh, yeah, Challengers, very exciting to be back in Australia with Challengers. Lots of wild cards that I, that are new to me. That i haven't seen before because obviously we've had a couple of years away some familiar names that i'm sure we will talk about yeah i'm very excited
1: and how it is for you you know when it comes to the time zone
2: so um i mean i'm i'm in the us right now i'm leaving in two days though so that's going that's not going to be an issue by the time that we do our next episode uh the time zone i'm trying to <laughs> try to remember it's I, I mean i feel like usually i see i see a good amount of it it's you know the the day sessions are obviously harder because they mm-hmm. start at you know midnight or whatever it is um but what, what, once we get into those those later stages that that's that's good
1: I, I just wake up earlier in the morning for it that's all really we'll see how the challengers will you know will actually work like whether there's gonna be an evening session there or something But yeah. like i i think at least, if I can remember it's right, it really didn't used to be like that. You know, when when the Australian Open was, you know, having its its evening session or night session, I think that maybe they even call it. I think the challengers were already done. So uh I believe that's how it was organized. But I don't know. I mean, really, it's been two years. <laughs> Who the yeah. remembers the order of play from, from Bendigo Challenger 2020? Uh, anyhow, <laughs> where do we go then? We have two events this week that have 48 player draws uh, only for this particular occasion. They expected that um, Australian Open co- qualifiers would struggle to find an event to play. As it turns out, it wasn't really needed since most of the qualifying was... Um, you know and the, entry, the entries were emptied both for the main draws and and for the qualifying uh, and there's also another change that we have 24 co- uh, players in the qualifying but that's actually gonna be that's actually gonna stay right it's still two days it's still two rounds mm-hmm. uh, but it's simply six qualifiers in the in the main draw mm-hmm.
2: yeah i mean i y- um th- there's a very strong qualifying field in in fordley I think that I'm pretty excited about. So, if if you can have the fun start with qualifying more regularly, I think I think
1: that's a good move to to expand it a bit. Sure, uh, it it just gives a better chance to lower ranked players, right? But the the mm-hmm. more the more qualifying spots are in there. I actually wasn't really watching that much qualifying in in 2021 i feel like because mostly on sundays it was the finals you you gotta mm. watch this you gotta then you gotta record the episode then you gotta <laughs> just be be prepared with everything so so i'm excited to to see a little bit more of that in 2022 even though or when we're actually recording this the qualifiers for bendigo and Traralgon have already finished because it yes. was just one round yeah. uh so yeah uh, so just to just to let you know where where we are uh you know during the recording uh how 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 much of the draws are already already played out okay so where do where do we start
2: i think that we should start with australia i feel like that that's mm-hmm. the best yeah, way sure. uh let's start in terrell where we have as you said um 48 players in the draw uh it's challenger 80 the top seed is Gilles simon who is, I think, looking for some challenger redemption after last year. He he struggled, I think, quite mightily in, in quite a few tournaments. So he starts with a bye here and then either faces Tobias Kamke or Tim Van Rijtoven. So he gets the heat right from the start. It's going to be a difficult match for him, I think, probably against Van Rijtoven. then we have Sachko playing Tirante, which I think is an interesting matchup. Winner facing Jeffrey Blancano. Uh, then we have the 12th seed, Jesper De Jong, playing either Dominic Stefan Striker or Divic uh, Sharan, who qualified, usually a doubles player. But made it through here. We also have Ernest Gulbis from qualifying playing Go Soeda. And the winner of that face is Jeffrey John Wolf, the seventh seed, which I think Gulbis Wolf. We already have some very exciting matchups here, potentially in the second round. Um, then we have fourth seed, Tomasz Machac, with a bye, playing Jacob Bills or Harold Mayo. Um, Then we've got Akira Santilan playing Lukasz Rosol. Uh, Rosol still around, (laughs) interestingly enough. Um, Yeah, he's here. Uh, He's got Santilan and then either. uh, Yeah, not either. It's Juan Papofikovic. There is no either. He's got a bye. Um, Next section, we have Mikhail Kukushkin, eighth seed, playing uh, either Watanuki or Jeremy Jin in the second round. Uh, potentially in the in, in the next round he will have marc andrea hisler the ninth the uh, ninth seed who has a bye, then he plays uh, Dane Sweeney or Federico Ferreira Silva. Uh, next section we have Mitchell Kruger, sixth seed playing either Peniston or Skatov two guys who we saw a lot last year. Uh, next matchup we have Kachin against uh Joshua Charlton who's a wild card winner of that face is Kimer Kopejans. Uh, next section, we have Zdenek Kolaj, the third seed, playing either Nikola Kuhn or Filip Sekulic. Uh, then we have Nino Nido, Nido Sedarusic playing uh, Jose Rubin Statham or Statham, potentially. Who knows? Uh, winner of that phase is 14 seed Robin Hassett. <clears throat> then we have Bjorn Fertangelo, fifth seed, playing uh, Blake Ellis or Callum P- Puttergill. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Struggle with the name there. Um, next matchup, we have Harry Borshier playing Brendan Walken, winner of the Faces, Filip Horansky, the 10th seed. And in the final section, we have second seed, Yirji Lechka opening against either Ignatik or Moria. In his section, also 13 seed, Maximilian Marterer who has a bye and uh, plays either Manuel Guinard or Tristan
1: Skulkate. 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 I, don't yeah, I know. think school kid is how it is how it's read. I, okay. I think I've heard right. this one, that, you know, pr- pronounced before. by... yeah, by I, I, Charles, I
2: yeah, right. I, I thought he may be Dutch or something, but it's probably just school kid. <laughs> mm,
1: I, don't, yeah, I mean, the the, the, the the last name might be Dutch. He's Australian, but yeah. sure. I mean, even when when people migrate, they often you know, the pronunciation of their names often changes, right? Like,
2: yeah, yeah. Just stop. So I stop I, I, think that be, I think that we have some real fun
1: here in this draw. Who stands out to you the most? yeah it's, it's it's pretty funny because you know it's still a very high quality draw but because the empty the entry list was almost emptied we still got like you know the the alternate brandon walkin is 9, 931st in the in the atp rankings but like the top of the draw is is obviously excellent most of these guys who are gonna play are gonna play challenger well, challenger qualities australian open qualifying next week no well the week after next week let's say uh i mean I really like. I mean, I I stayed up actually to watch Ernest Ernest Goulby's match in the yeah. qualifying. Um, I mean, perhaps I should have known better. <laughs> <laughs> it, it wasn't great. Uh, he he sort of struggled to get over the finish line as well, uh, but you know, a, a very good draw for him anyway. He he and Simon were one of the two guys who signed up late for the qualies, but Simon got a got a major wildcard. I don't know if over Gouldby's maybe maybe Gouldby's never really asked for that. As mm. it turns out, it was just uh, it was just one match, so so probably good for him. Um, uh, okay, so obviously not looking at Jill Simon. I uh, I really <laughs> like the the draw that Lehecka has here, uh, but I'm not quite sure if I want to pick him. You know, to win to win five matches uh, at this level on hard courts. I'm kind of doubting myself there. Uh, from the Aussies, I am excited towards Schoolgate, who was who was looking quite well in the in UTRs last year. Also, uh, you know, he he actually came to Europe. He was one of the guys who left, uh, and also had some, some quality ITF runs. Uh, Philippe Sekulic is a is a very good junior who, at some point, I thought would be, you know, w- way faster in his development. He's currently twenty second in the juniors, I think, uh, but you know with the with the pandemic he never actually left the left Australia until November last year when he played three ITFs in India and was the runner up in two of them. So so that that's you know the, the matchup against Kun is, is probably a bit hard for him. That's that's not a good show but but I'm excited to watch this guy out of the uh, out of the very huge Australian field that we have here. Um, plenty of talent you could go for here, go for here, really. Um, I think I'm gonna set a, set for uh JG Wolf maybe. Uh, he never really played that Australian swing, I guess. Like got, got a the chance to. He, he didn't get a chance to play it last year when he was already established as a, you know, a top tier challenger player or, or however you might want to call it. Uh, and I guess these conditions should actually sweet him quite well. I, I don't think Gulbis or Soeda are, are dangerous enough. Uh, a a fairground matchup against Riker would be absolute box office viewing. So uh, so I want to see that even though I would be scared that that my pick would, would lose for sure. So yeah, I'm, I'm just going to go with Wolf here.
2: Yeah, Wolf is somebody definitely I've, I've thought about. Um, I like his action a lot when it comes to watchability. I think it's going to be quite fun to watch those matchups as they as they develop, uh, but I don't like it for for him. I don't think it's a very easy one with, you know, Gulbis obviously isn't what he used to be, but he can still have a day. Uh, Stika is exciting day on, I think could pull off an upset uh so i'm not super confident in that for you sorry <laughs> I, I quite like uh tomasz uh section but actually decided to go for the other check his doubles partner in this tournament um who yeah as, as you mentioned i mean I, I'm, I'm not super concerned about it I, I like his section a lot uh potentially Fratangel in the quarters i think i could be a little worried about but i mean of, of the guys in this draw. I think that it's it's a quite straightforward first couple of rounds maybe well first round but, and then Matera well we'll see but yes Lechka
1: my pick sometimes I, I I just don't understand myself like for for the past you know, six months or so whenever someone asks me who's like the next challenger player to to break through I'm I'm always saying Ishi Lahetchka and try him up and then I just don't <laughs> pick him whatever i don't know maybe, maybe it's gonna pay off who, 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 who knows uh you mentioned the doubles there is there is there some pair that, that stands out for you i mean this is a a bigger draw than tralagon right uh, i mean yeah, than yeah. bendigo than bendigo of course
2: yeah they they it they up more it's, it's a lot of guys that i don't think usually play together mm-hmm. but because they're there they want to get matches they want to get used to the conditions i think so we do have like uh and Mahaj, which i think is the most exciting um we have a little bit of fritangelo and Kruger, um where uh hisler and sticker are playing together the swiss guys um yeah and, and and some other you know more i don't know about random pairings but Blankno and copyans i don't think that they've played together before uh, i'm not sure about that actually but uh yeah i mean it's it's a lot of singles guys and doubles more than we're used to i think
1: yeah there was a, there was a lot of on-site uh, sign-ups from what i saw so kun skatov is, is a quite interesting pair as mm-hmm. well uh i i i am pretty sure i mean i would bet on on the fact that they never played before but yeah yeah uh okay so do we go to bendigo now then not, yes yeah, bendigo, yeah. I, i'm mixing up these two events already i i just <laughs> i just never even had uh, you know a clue had the clue like which one we just did, and I I watched Gulbis tonight. So, I mean, yeah, it's gonna be like that the whole week for me for sure. I, I'm just gonna randomly you know sit in my sit in my room and then think, hmm, I would love to see a match between uh, Lehechka and Zizobergs, and then realize they're not even in the same. <laughs> different girls, different girls. Yeah. Yeah, um, in the Benigo draw, the
2: top seed uh, is Nikola Milojevic, obviously with a bye. It's also a 48 draw. He plays either Bachinger or Safwat. Then we have Omar Jassica, who I wanted to speak a little bit about, because obviously he's back from his ban. He was quite good in, in UTRs last year. He, he went 34 and thir- uh, and 13, which, I mean, obviously the, the quality of opposition there is is varying. Um but, but he, he did play a lot of tennis, despite not playing any professional tennis. Uh, Jessica has Franco Agamenone to start, and then, and then uh, Renzo Olivo if he wins uh, in the second round. Next section, we have Stefan Kozlov, seventh seed, playing Flavio Koboli uh, or Aaron Addison, uh, a qualifier. Then we have Pasic and Fankat. Uh Winner faces Dmitri Popko. Next section, we've got Quentin Halys, sub fourth seed, playing either Michael Moore or Mikael Torpegaard. Then we have Matthias Borg playing Muerani Bozige. Uh, winner of the this is Daniel Masur. Next section we've got Damir Jumhur, sixth seed playing uh, Thomas Fabiano or Dane Kelly. Uh, next up we have Filippo Baldi uh, or Nicolas Kiker facing Enzo quaco Next section we've got F- Salvatore Caruso, facing alexander muller or james mccabe uh wildcard then we have gastel elias uh he's written here as playing a qualifier who's who's elias playing O T pearson yes yeah so uh the winner of that face is Blas rola next section very interesting i think we have ugo grenier uh playing either Justino or litu um, we also have Yaroslav Pospisil in the draw, who qualified uh, without playing. <laughs> <He> yeah, <laughs> actually got a, quali- a bye in his one qualifying round, and he faces uh, Matthew Christopher Romeo's a wild card, or uh, then Zizou Bergs if he if he makes that uh, if he gets that win in the first round. Next section we have Ernesto Escobedo with a bye, playing Trungaiti or Moroni. Then we've got Ugo Karabe playing Uchiyama, winner paces Jason Jung. Lots of familiar names in that one. And then we have second seed Chem Ilkel with a bye playing Bemelman's Okopshiva. Uh, also in the section, Dimitar Kuzmanov facing Facundo Mena or Matthew Delevadova. Who
1: jumps who? who are your favorites in this draw? yeah uh pospicia is obviously there because of his you know coaching arrangement with kubchiva yeah. but it's still fun to see him and he is he's, he's even playing doubles with cody pearson as well so that's gonna be <laughs> uh, that's gonna be quite interesting i i you know i would have expected him to be playing with vit but he's actually with uh tamilka yeah. uh, but anyhow uh i i am looking at stefan Kozlov to go for this like american double i think they're also in the very same section right the 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 seventh seed was was it i think so uh Uh, yeah yeah i that that, that's my initial thought but in in the meantime uh i think jessica's winless winless record at the utrs like when i was looking at the opposition like pretty much every single i don't want to say decent player but the very best players there likely to kokinaki school kate um i don't know kelly probably counts uh sweeney counts for sure uh he was like zero nine or zero eight against them combined so i i'm I'm not really expecting much you know these these utr results just that wasn't weren't that convincing when you when you look at the opposition agamemnon is a decent draw i guess i think before last season agamemnon played Like had like a two-year break from playing on hard courts, but on the ITF tour, he was pretty good last year. Like every you know, he was he was pretty good whenever he played any tennis events last year. But uh, I guess it was maybe just that sort of a season. But he's he's usually so solid that I, I don't know if I expect Jessica to. To Do anything here, but it's still it's a good draw, like regardless of how he does Agamedone and Olivo to to get to a third round, or even Milojevic later. That that's a very good draw for him. But I don't know how much we can actually expect from him. Uh after the cocaine ban, he actually had a chance to play one match on the ITF tour in March 2020. uh lost it on grass actually in, in Australia. So so it's been it's been a while since we, since we've seen him yeah. in, a, in a pro event and the two also he actually plays his just his second challenger ever uh the first one was in 2014 i believe in australia and he lost the qualifying match 2-6-0-6 to a very interesting opponent and if you haven't checked it you're never gonna guess it i i haven't actually seen that no Alexander Zverev. <laughs> Wow, that's uh, unexpected for sure. Yeah. yeah if you if you if, if you, you know, some of the listeners don't don't remember li2 was actually well he retired at, at the age of 17 uh, in, in 2014 he started coaching then through playing utr events he he was so basically he was so good in them that the organizers of uh, the atp 250 in melbourne and the Australian open decided to give him major wild cards he lost both of the, both of these matches to, to Pedro Souza and Feliciano Lopez but looked quite competitive especially in the in the Lopez one and then around july last year he decided to leave australia travel to europe uh, won four itfs including a 25k and is certainly looking like someone who should be still rising he's 500 and something right now i i think before he before he retired he never broke the top one the top 1000 so you know never never stop dreaming it, it can actually happen uh yeah and coming back to to who i think could win this i think stefan Kozlov is a very very solid pick i don't know yet if it's gonna be all seven seats for me i don't know who's the seventh <laughs> seat, uh, in forley or buenos aires i'm gonna see it in a while uh but but yeah uh, i'm gonna go with Stefan Kozlov, the the improvements he's made last year were uh we're truly convincing that maybe right now he's he, he's also in a better space mentally and that he can he can still achieve some big stuff in this sport and the draw is i mean for a hardcore challenger i think this draw to reach the semis is you know one one of the weaker ones you could expect for for Kosovo so so that's what i'm gonna go for
2: yeah, Kozlov. I, it feels like a cliche because I say this every time with your pick, but the, the, he was somebody also in my mind uh, to pick here. But I have gone a, a different route here. Uh, I, w- I was considering, you know, I consider everybody in the draw, or at least almost everybody, and I've decided to go for an old classic of mine. I've decided to go for Hugo Grenier, um, who, I mean, he he does face Lee to potentially in the second round, uh, which is not ideal as you said he's a guy in great form last year on on the atf circuit zizu berks the round after also probably not amazing uh if he comes in with you know a new fire uh but grenier you know last time we we saw him he he won a challenger so I feel like he can have a sort of uh, end with a win start with a win this year i don't know <laughs> but I, I mean i i do quite like um his his section there has that i mean it's it's caruso or or Rola maybe i don't know elias muller that next section isn't impressing me a lot so i feel like grenier has a solid chance of putting it here
1: yeah just just something just something funny that i remembered uh, because now we've sort of established how good li is and uh, last year when he played that uh, Melbourne event right before right before the Austrian Open he was playing Pedro Souza who was at the time ranked like 110 or something Lou had you know hadn't played a single professional match in seven years. Uh, and still was a pretty sizable favorite for this match <laughs> like just based on utrs <laughs> i think for for tennis bookies it was like the nightmare uh, the, the, the worst nightmare possible because how do you even you know how do you even try to uh gauge that that level that he played at in the in the utrs where he was i believe 35 and three before entering that event <laughs> and and as it turned out sousa was actually uh a, a little bit better in that much so so that they they were a bit wrong there but right now i mean obviously he, we, we we got a very good read on on where, he, on where he is with his game so so it's that craziness is not really gonna happen anymore yeah uh yeah anything else on bendigo um probably not uh, i'm looking at uh, and the doubles as well, as I said, Ria Rostov, Pospisil, Cody Pearson is certainly a pair that I want to see. Some some very weird singles, guys, again, like Kiker playing with Ugo Carabelli. <laughs> that doesn't happen every day for sure. But again, it was a lot of on-site uh, sign-ups and they it couldn't even fill out the draw. So. Mm,
2: yeah, it's, it's a shame to see that. But let's move on to Buenos Aires, which I have next on the list here. Uh, where we have top seed uh, Guido Andreozzi facing a qualifier. Uh, we don't have qualifiers in these draws yet for Buenos Aires and Foley. Um, But if he wins that, he faces Valerio Obeyan or another qualifier. Also in the section six seed, Carlos Jimeno Valero facing Alejo Lorenzo Lingua Lavallenne. Uh Winner of that faces Roman Andres Buru uh, Jaga or Juan Manuel La Next section, we have third seed, General Alberto Olivieri. Against Nicolas Moreno de Alboran, who I s- noticed that he switched to American. Uh, he's, rep- he's representing the US now. Um, winner of that face is Gonzalo Villanueva, or qualifier. Uh, also in the section, Mariano Navone playing a fellow Mariano, Kestel Boim, uh, for an opportunity to face Facundo Diaz Acosta or Lautaro Midon in the next round. In the third section, we have Gonzalo Lama, the fourth seed, playing Matias Franco de Winner faces Juan Bautista Torres or Strong Kirkheimer, which is still one of my favorite names in tennis, mm-hmm. I think. <laughs> uh, also in the section is Luciano Dabderi as the eighth seed. Uh, winner of that. Uh, he plays he, he a qualifier. And then um, what? what uh, uh, Jose Vidal Azorin or another qualifier. In the final section, we have an absolute bomb of a matchup between Santiago Fa Rodriguez and Matt Rosencrantz, who is a very <laughs> surprising inclusion for me in this tournament. I wasn't expecting to see him here. Uh, winner faces Juan Pablo Paz, or a qualifier. And then we have fifth seed Anna Casanova, playing Facundo Juarez. Winner that faces Daniel Dutra, Dutra da Silva, or Noah Rubin, who I wasn't really expecting, but may, makes more sense to me than Rosencrantz still. Uh, Also, Casanova has a 6-0 head-to-head over Juarez um which should tell us about which which way that may that, that match should go uh, as far as qualifying um we have Wilson later I think that he's somebody who stands out top seed uh, anybody
1: else stand out to you from qualifying or main drop no probably not really from the qualifying the, the entries went kind of deep here as well uh Rosenkrantz, I mean what the hell is he doing here why do you travel to <laughs> south america <laughs> yeah i mean the draw is gonna be weaker than in Forley, so maybe maybe it makes yeah. sense but probably not i mean his game is like the the least uh translatable to clay courts i i i could think of probably but then again i mean not open surprised me too he had such a know such an awful 2021 campaign for the most part he he never really got to play much besides i think besides utrs he he actually won just one match
2: yeah one Um, one in nine in professional matches last year yeah
1: exactly so so i guess he's just trying to uh find some of that form back although he was never really a a great clay court player from what i remember um Guido Androzzi I feel like we also haven't seen in a while. I actually didn't didn't check that, but I I, I don't remember him playing in the, um, in the latter stages of the South well, American so, circuit. So, right? so
2: he 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 actually did play through through that, but he was losing every single match. So oh, yeah, he's been I playing all along, but he hasn't won since July in Tampere
1: yeah nine nine matches in a row oh yes i i remember watching him in nine. and actually uh before even before he played his first round match against vukic uh i saw his practice session and he was looking like the best player in the in that whole tournament during that practice like the, the way he was just blasting the ball was insane uh, and, then, and then he lost very you know, just a straightforward match to vukic and then another seven of them uh yeah seven of them so yeah practice courts don't usually mean this you know the, the players in the practice courts are sometimes really different to to what you're gonna see uh in other. but this is actually a very good chance for him to to get some wins yeah. back right has to be uh i'm pretty sure i have already given that fun fact on the podcast to so tell me if i did about roman andres Purutaga's father
2: yes yes yeah okay already, yes yes
1: yeah great uh so at least uh, at least i'm not gonna repeat myself uh who can win this i i think there are a few names that stand out uh I, I i i i'm pretty sure if i i don't know if i was to tell you five names that the tournament winner would be in there perhaps it's a dangerous bet uh anyhow um <laughs> uh, well i really want to go for carlos Jimeno valero but he also wasn't really in good form and i don't know if the offseason actually managed to change that much diaz acosta is a very good pick as well uh Provided Rosencrantz doesn't turn out to be the best clay court player out there. <laughs> Rodriguez Taverna could do very well as well. I I, I recently, one of, my, one of my friends told me that Rodriguez Taverna is not too far off level-wise to Tirante and Echeverri. Um, I mean, I, I think he was comparing the three because of how they pretty much lack a backhand. But Echeverry has the, the best one for sure out of all three. Uh, but but have insane forehands, uh, I, I don't know if that's <laughs> if that's any correct, I, I, I don't see that yet but maybe maybe Rodriguez Taverna will, will start playing like this during this season um, all of these guys have pretty good draws and that's why I'm really struggling to pick between the three or maybe even four with someone else but I'm gonna go with Facundo Diaz Acosta, uh, I think 2022 could be a very good season for him if he maintains that that nice track of progress that he had and this is uh, a very good draw until the quarters probably and if it's not olivieri then maybe even further
2: and to not, not not to keep the audience in the dark it is another seventh seed oh think. yes i forgot about this <laughs> i really thought that it was on purpose <laughs> no 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 i i totally forgot
1: <laughs> so, about this really I, I i had no idea so yeah so, I mean, uh, that, that, that
2: now you have to pick a seven seed which i think is actually quite strong in the four four-lead draw as well so then you can complete the whole quartet of seven seeds and yeah so i've picked guido andrea and i feel like every single pick i've i've explained and sort of talked myself out of and he is on 9 image losing streak or however long it is however since that loss to Vukic it doesn't look like the losses have been that bad he goes to Cressy on hard courts, Altmaier Meltzer Juan Manuel Serundolo De Jong De Jong was actually a retirement Kachin and Meligeny Rodriguez Alves which are like all of those on clay courts obviously should be winning matches and stuff but I feel like all of those players are better than anybody else
1: Well, just it, one just one never won a challenger last year Madigani right but, but i mean still yeah. still this is really uh this is a really good list yeah very strong lineup uh and obviously
2: i'm i'm sort of picking <laughs> since that book loss because before that it was Vukic and Otto Vietanen which are quite worse losses um on Clay on Court, but I still feel like he has such a great chance to play himself into form against the qualifier, then Aboyano, another qualifier, before he potentially faces Jimeno Valero. But even then I, I really like him in this section in this in this tournament. So I'm picking a top seed right in the first week, Guido Andreozzi. Yeah, I mean
1: with with this top seed, I think you can be <laughs> excused you know when, when the top seed is on the on a nine match losing streak then then i think picking the top seed is not even shameful and you know in any way uh, yeah. uh just
2: quickly before we move on wanted to mention a little bit of doubles rosenkrant is also playing doubles uh in this tournament with conor uh Huetas Del Pino delpino from from peru uh ruben and kirkheimer are playing doubles together as the two americans well also moreno de alboran is also american uh, and he plays with Gonzalo Lama, Andreotti is playing with Lipovsek Puches. It's it's. I think it's going to be
1: a low-key interesting doubles draw in Buenos Aires. I guess we should just. I mean, I'm just looking at Rosencrantz's stats in his career, and I mean, he played most of his matches on clay courts, you know. Two hundred of them compared to about a hundred about 200 on uh, bow, uh, you know combined on hard courts and indoors but uh, but still a little bit less and i mean i can't really remember how he plays on i mean i i can probably imagine how much rosenkranz plays on on the clay courts like,
2: it's it's not in hard to specific, guess but
1: <laughs> yeah. it's not it's not hard to guess how he plays on this but i mean the results haven't been that bad so maybe we're actually gonna be really surprised with how he does not how he does here. Although the trip to Buenos Aires is still pretty surprising when there's uh, when there's an event in Forley pretty much yeah, right it, around it here. Yeah, it is weird. I mean, playing most of his
2: like most of his tennis on clay. It, it would explain why he, why it took until he was 23 for, for a big breakout <laughs> like he had last year. I would argue that probably Lukasz Lacko also played a lot of his early career matches on clay because it's about availability. And that's a guy who during his peak would skip almost the entire clay season to go play challengers in China and stuff like that even when he was in the top 100 i i i feel like it was more about the opportunity because i feel like
1: that's not incorrect in the in the case of lachko uh like from what i see he played 184 clay court matches this could be there could be some Bundesliga in there but i think Maybe. i i i'm not going to count uh you know i'm not going to count it right now but i think about 160 150 of them are between 2004 and 2008
2: yeah very early in his career yeah um so I, I feel like this might be the rosenkratz uh case i don't think i i think that we're still going to be mostly for him on indoor hard as opposed to buenos aires so <laughs> yeah. but yeah i mean clearly, clearly he, he must be able to move on the surface and stuff it's not like mm-hmm. when, when you have players who've never played on clay before
1: yeah. not going to be a Bernard Tomic here or yeah i don't know <laughs> Tomic
2: um anyway should we move on to Fortly? yep yes so Fortly, uh another challenger 50 with jay clark as a top c he's playing jeremy yan uh one of your f- famously one of your favorite players mm-hmm. so i think that you're you're very excited for the f- f- first round matchup no because winner- i think he's gonna lose very easily but-, <laughs> but if he wins what a story um winner of the face faces aiden mchugh or lorenzo uh, angelini actually i don't think i've seen this wild card before in italian uh yeah because he's like Matt, so, is Gini. this the
1: one is this the guy that's like super young i think it is uh 15 yeah my god
2: Born in 2006 yeah so we'll see how that goes for him and then we have seventh seed seat playing uh louis vessels in the first round winner that faces viola or qualifier Next section, we have Tunglin Wu playing a qualifier, then either playing uh, Michael Hertz or a qualifier. We also have 6 seed Goncalo Oliveira playing a qualifier, who also then plays either Francesco Forti or another qualifier. So we've got four of those, rather right them on collection. In the third section, we have third seed Christian Harrison, who's chosen to, to come down to Europe to, to start a season, plays Ricardo Bonadio, which I think is actually probably pretty tough first round. Uh, winner of that face is Alexei Vatutin or Nick Chapel. we also have eighth seed Evan Furness playing Ner- uh, Nerman Fatich uh winner of that face is Luca Nardi or Lucas Katarina in the final section we have Sedig Marcel uh, who's playing a qualifier winner of that face is Julian Lentz or I, I I've Kazov written here but I saw that he withdrew so i think they got an alternate or something yeah it's
1: there. uh you know yeah. you you Xu or however.
2: yes yeah yeah uh then we have fifth seed alexander richard playing luca potenza and xi zhang uh starting in four against stefano napolitano who was who was the wildcard last year who just wouldn't go away it was horrible but two and 17 last year what a nightmare um so i I guess a good start for for zhang to to get a season started here in forley uh what do you make of the tournament uh are you excited
1: of course uh zhang hasn't played since since hamburg so he kind of needs that helping hand at the very beginning uh yeah there's there's a a lot more quality here. done in buenos aires probably the most exciting challenger this week but you know it's a stretch if Mm. if some of you just uh you know enjoy the you know some of the higher end of challengers then you're probably gonna gonna like bendigo and tralgon more maybe i just uh, like for more as well because i you know the time zone is gonna be normal for me uh, yeah. but it might actually end up uh, that after bendigo and Traralgon and the main tour events i might have to catch up on some sleep and then for will be hampered i don't know uh we're gonna see um Yes, the seventh seed is chambor Um I'm not overly thrilled about this, but it's not the end of the world. I guess I can just do that for, for the challenge. Uh, otherwise, I would be going maybe Alexander Richard. Uh, but Nardi maybe has a, has a really like off-meta pick. Uh, but now, I mean, uh, I, I got to do it. Uh, if i went for the seven seats three times without actually wanting that i think i can go with yeah the quality draw is a lot better than in, than in buenos aires as well uh i'm i'm curious how uh, cesare carpano and pietro buscalione will look because the, the italians have been giving these wild cards to pretty much kids for a while Chelsea. now <laughs> yeah like <laughs> and uh, I, I see that Lorenzo Angelini actually played two Challenger qualifyings last year. Uh I, I I didn't remember that either he won four games against Tirante in Forli and two games against Vatutin in Forli. So I guess he's from Forli. Uh, but back in 2014, I can't remember what was the the Italian event, but probably Forli as well. I, I I'm guessing. Uh what did I say back in 2020, right? i think you said 2014 yeah because i was thinking of of a different number never mind in 2020 they gave these wild cards to Buscalion and carpano who were 14 at the time and they i think they both lost like 6-0-6-0 6-0. uh and then they definitely lost 6-0-6-0 6-0 in doubles so it's an interesting strategy i i i'm, I'm certainly curious to see how their progress has uh you know has went since then elmar is a is a qualifier i'm certainly looking at we we sort of mentioned in in maya uh at the at the end of last year that he's got some huge ceiling but hasn't really been able to tie it together haven't seen andrian Andreev do well in a while which which could be uh uh, another good story from the from the qualifying. Anyhow, yeah. As as for my pick, I am gonna stick with from Pirosh. The top half seems a lot weaker with all the qualifiers. Although you know the this qualifying draw actually has a lot of players who could do who could do well in the main event. Yes, as you as you mentioned, I am a big fan of Jeremy Al. His one-handed backhand is is one of my favorite shots but he really hasn't done well in a while and and I think he's just going to go down not really going to go down because no one is going to remember him besides me but uh I mean he's for me he's going to go down as one of the uh real wasted talents and that mostly due to injuries I think he's had two seasons in his career where he didn't play at all uh or, or maybe didn't uh, played like one once or twice, but couldn't really do much because of because of the injuries. And uh yeah, last year he went two and thirteen uh in across all events. So so yeah. Uh, that actually includes one Bundesliga match, so so two and twelve professionally, with the only wins being over Petros Tsitsipas and Alien Khad. Yeah, I was about to mention it. I, well, I just, yeah. <laughs> yeah so so as i said i mean i i cannot really expect much after after a very tough couple of seasons already so
2: yeah i mean i was surprised to hear you say that you weren't excited for for Pirosh, or, or or to pick him as a 7c because i picked him mm-hmm. right away with no restrictions uh i mean yeah the, 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 he has jay clark in the section maybe aiden mchugh can be dangerous but i feel like that section below him it will fill up with the qualifiers, uh, who aren't as easy as the other tournaments. But I feel like still he he's one of the people I'm more I'm the most excited about. Richard, you mentioned I think is also a strong candidate with this section, should make it to the semis, um, but we'll see what happens. Yeah, we've we've both picked Piros here. Um, and I'm very excited about that
1: yeah at least i'm not gonna lose points on on going for that (laughs) uh for that seven seat challenge but yeah i mean looking at it once again i i i think you're right that i sort of underestimated that pick. um other than i mean i'm not really considering jay clark as a serious candidate for a run as well but then again really the top half at least before the qualifiers enter looks so much weaker than that pirosh could certainly make the finals easily yeah Aiden McHugh is quite interesting as well we've mostly seen him in the states but in their conditions in Europe should be just as beneficial for him right mm. yeah
2: Um.
1: yeah a- a- anything else from from Forli? You know, also the the best quality doubles draw uh, yes, of, of the lot strong. yeah Dumbia uh, you again know, just a, a couple of pairs that actually Signed up uh, the week before, done on site, uh, and yeah, they're probably gonna be one of the favorites to win, like Manoff of Matuszewski or Dustin Brown with Julian Lentz as well. Yeah, Th- that's a very good pairing.
2: Yeah, we, we uh, as you said, we, we get more Dustin Brown here. We also have Christian Harrison with uh, um who else up uh, jay clark and aiden mchugh the the british guy. so some some very interesting singles players playing playing doubles
1: yep uh yeah i guess that's what we're gonna finish at. oh no actually let's do the uh, match of the weekend upset <laughs> of the week section <laughs> Yeah, a corny joke at uh, at 9 a.m. is what I love. <laughs> Anyhow, uh, yeah, we're gonna see you guys in a week's time to discuss Bendigon, uh, Bendigo, Bendigo. <laughs> oh, I combined Bendigo and Aragon. That was that was insane. Bendigo, Aragon, uh, Fordly, and Buenos Aires. Uh, I can't remember how many events we have next week, but I guess we're also. Oh, well, that depends on when the draw comes out but we might also have uh australia open qualies to talk about but that yeah that depends on when the draw for that goes out actually yeah. but next week we're only gonna have Forley and blumenau in brazil from what i see you know yes. that that that's because of the qualities obviously uh, yes so it's gonna yeah it's gonna be a very exciting first week uh, lots of tennis to watch and lots of tennis at very different parts of the day Uh, which is good i guess some will have to go some you know we've got to sleep at some point Uh, anyhow uh, thanks for listening and see you in a week bye
0: Hope all of you enjoyed another ATP Challenger centric episode from hosts Damien Kust and Jakob Babro. I'm going to continue this tradition here in the 2022 season. I say it every episode, but sincerely, you are not going to find two people who are more closely tied to the ATP Challenger beat following the action week in, week out to provide all of you listeners with the sort of information we know you all deserve. A huge thank you to them, as always, for taking the time to contribute to this show. Of course, if you want to hear more from Damien, you can hop over to the Mini Break podcast feed. He joined me last week to talk about his top 50 prospects born 1999 or later entering this 2022 season. Of course, there were rules to get on his top 50 prospect list. We broke down those rules and then, of course, named some of the players we found most intriguing entering this season. Again, that episode available over on the Mini Break podcast feed. You can also find that episode on our website, CrackedRackets.com, and I promise you all expect more from Damien, expect more from Jakob throughout the course of this 2022 season. I'm not going to lie. It's been an unforced error by me to not have Jakob on the show personally. I have yet to have the chance to speak with him. That is one of my personal goals here for 2022. But again, as always, a huge thank you to Damien and Jakob for their contributions here to Crack Rackets. Of course, again, if you missed any of our content, as I mentioned in the intro, you can find it all on our website, CrackRackets.com. Of course, like, rate, subscribe, Review to this podcast, the Mini Break Podcast, Crack Interviews Podcast, and our YouTube channel to ensure you don't miss out on any of the action. If you need the more immediate updates, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, we are at Crack Rackets. You want to message me directly? I am at AL Gruskin. Of course, a shout out as always to our super producers, Max Flegner and Daniel Westoff, for the f of an ending job they do day in, day out. I will say this Super Producer Max Fligner working on some new intro, outro tracks for the podcast. Looking forward to displaying those pod uh, tracks for all of you listeners over the coming weeks. And again, a shout-out. I promise you, you are not going to find a better producer in the business than Daniel Westhoff. So the shout-out to the two of them for their tireless efforts. With all of that said, for our fantastic hosts, Damian Kust and Jacob Bobbro, our super producers, Fligner and Westhoff. And from all of us here at both Crack Rackets and the Tennis Channel Podcast Network, I'm your host, Alex Greskin. You know what we say. Hey, great shot and we'll talk to you all tomorrow. Thanks, everyone.